You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. Blog Talk Radio. Help me. It's like the walls caving in. Sometimes I feel like giving up, but I just can't. It isn't in my blood. Laying on the bathroom floor, feeling nothing. I'm overwhelmed and insecure. Give me something I can take to ease my mind slowly. Drink and you'll feel better Just take her home and you'll feel better Keep telling me that it gets better Does it ever Help me It's like the walls are keeping in Sometimes I feel like giving up No medicine is strong enough Someone help me
Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations. I want to apologize in advance because I just realized I did not mute myself during that intro. So you're going to hear some background noise during that intro if you're listening to the replay or if you're listening live. I apologize for that. All right. Now let's go. Here we go. I want to welcome everyone, as I said, to Transformation Radio. My name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I'm a purpose strategist, author, coach, and the things that I do is I provide ventilation through coaching, speaking, and consultation. And some of you might say, well, what do you mean by ventilation? I'm glad you asked. And what I mean by ventilation is simply I provide fresh air to your circumstance and your situation. Sometimes when we're going through Things seem to weigh us down. They get a little heavy on us. And sometimes we feel as if we cannot breathe. As the intro song basically says, we feel as if the walls are caving in. I come in. I become that outside resource, if but for a small period of time. And as I'm that outside resource, I provide fresh air for you to breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, and breathe out. And as you begin to breathe in and breathe out, Fresh ideas and strategies are then downloaded inside of you or are pulled outside of you for you to realize that you can make it, you can go on, and it's not always going to be like this. And that takes us right to tonight's song by Shawn Mendes. It isn't in my blood. I want to encourage you on tonight. You may be listening on tonight, and you may feel as if there's no way, no hope, no how. You're just ready to throw in the towel. You're ready to walk away. You're ready to give up on your dream. Or maybe you're ready to minimize your dream. I don't know exactly what state you're in, whatever, but whatever state you're in, I want you to understand, you do not have to give up on your dream. As long as there's breath in your body, there's an opportunity for that dream to be brought to pass. So I encourage you on today, understand that it is, it is not in your blood for you to give up. All right, let's keep going here. I want to thank you all for joining us on tonight. I also thank you for those that have been faithful supporters from the beginning. It's because of you guys that we are able to get on here and, and enjoy, you know, what we're doing. I enjoy doing this. I really do. I really enjoy doing this. It's a, I'm learning so much in doing it, but I'm enjoying the very process. And if you will stick through me, stick with me through the rough part of the process, I promise you guys that a year from now we'll look at some of these shows and some of the mistakes I've made and we will be able to laugh. Well, I laugh at them now, but we will be able to laugh and, and celebrate the growth of this show, all right? Now, listen, I want to remind everybody that my guest and myself, we come from divergent backgrounds. And because we come from divergent backgrounds, what we believe uh, from an ideology psychology, theology, and all those other ology basis, basis, we may not agree upon them. And some of you that choose to call in, I'm going to give the number so you can call in and ask questions to our guests. Uh, but I want us to all understand that we may not agree, but we can, from a respectful place, agree to disagree. And as long as we keep that mindset that we have the ability to agree to disagree, then guess what, guys? We can all learn from each other because why? 
because we're all experiencing our personal transformation. And there may be something in my transformation that you can pull from that assist you along your transformation. And there's something in your transformation that I can pull on to assist me. So here's the phone number for you to call in, and I'll let you know when it's, when you're able to call. The number is 516-387-1756. Again, 516 one seven five six, and I ask that we we are. I'm, I'm, uh, let me slow down. I'm sorry. I'm not asking. I'm letting you know that we will limit the calls to one minute. To one minute. Why? Because we want to leave room for other callers to call in, as well as leave room for our guests to share their story with us. All right. Now, guys, I'm going to calm down. A lot of times with me. If I make a mistake, I get flustered, and it you can see it throughout the entire night after I make a mistake. That mistake in the beginning, I'm still thinking about that mistake that I made, so it's causing me to try to speed through some things. And in the midst of me speeding through some things, you know, I'm tying my words together and all of that. So I'm going to calm down now. I'm going to realize I made a mistake, and it's okay to make mistakes. And if you're out there, I want you to understand that it's okay to make mistakes. It's just growing pains. That's simply what's going on. It is growing pains, and I have some exciting news to share with each and every one of you at the end of this broadcast regarding growing pains as it relates to transformation radio, but I'm not going to share it right now. You know why? Because we are about to get to our phenomenal guest on tonight. How many of y'all have really been enjoying the guests that we've had? I have enjoyed personally the guests that we've had. Everybody has their own story, their own presentation, and even though some of them may have gone through similar situations, the way that they unpack those situations uh, just has really been a blessing to me. So I want to send a shout-out to all of those that have been a part of the broadcast so far and the guests that we have scheduled to come. So I appreciate each and every one of you. But tonight, guys, I'm excited because we have, I call him my brother. I call him my friend. He's a fellow constituent of the gospel. He's more than just a, a teacher or a preacher of the word, though. He is a entrepreneur. He's very creative. And his faith, y'all, is crazy. He has faith that produces. Now, some of us, you know, I've been guilty at times. Um, of verbally expressing that I had faith, but my actions contradicted that faith. And we're going to talk about faith as we get further in the conversation. I don't want to go ahead of myself, but will you all help me welcome Delquan Antonio Johnson to the show? Delquan? Good evening. Yes, sir. Apostle. Good evening. Excuse me. I'm being Good churchy. evening. Good evening. <laughs> yeah, listen. That's fine if that's what you want to call me. If you want to call me by the title, that's fine. Cliff is fine as well. I understand. That's not a problem. Um, if you want us to call you by your title, I know some people get upset no, when no, they're no, not no, called no. by their title. Oh, Listen, you know I don't like care that? nothing about my title. No, I don't care about my title. Listen, the last thing I mm. wanted to be doing in life was ministry and pastoring. That's wow. what I wanted. So I care nothing about my title, but mm-hmm. I was not always in that place. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I care nothing about my title. My name is Del Juan Antonio. 
Well, that's good because I heard that you were just caught up in titles. That's nice to know that you're really not caught up in the title. Y'all, I'm joking. Well, I know he's not caught up in titles. But, listen, we want to jump right into the interview, so I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, again, my name is Del Juan Antonio. I was born in South Boston, Virginia, raised in Richmond, Virginia. I am the oldest of eight children. Um, that's with my mom's children and my dad's children combined. In addition to those siblings, my mom also took in other children uh, that grew up in our project, that grew up in our city, whose parents was addicted to drugs and all that other kind of stuff. Um, so I come from a large family, um, educated in Halifax County and Richmond Public Schools. I went to college, started college, I uh, believe the first time I was going for Christian education, and then I switched that to early childhood development studies. Um, but I did not graduate in the midst of me being in college. The man who I looked at as my father who was actually my grandfather, um, passed away. And after his death, it was kind of hard for me to maintain my grades in school and maintain my ability to focus and to be consistent with my work studies. Um, so I did not graduate college. Um, however, mm-hmm. after his death, I started a business. Um, it was something that I always wanted to do, but I never had – um, I guess because I'm coming from a family, now we have some people who are in, in business and they're entrepreneurs, but the majority of my family is scared to step out and do something um, so they will work a regular job and look to the resource as the source. Um, but for me, mm-hmm. I took that as an opportunity for me to step out and to give what I always desired to do a try. So I stepped out and I started that business. That business is known today as Creative Concepts um, by Del Quan Antonio. We do event planning, but the the bulk of my business is me being a florist, in addition to being a, an event player, a planner. Um, and I'm also a baker and a cook. So I have a pop-up bakery um, that's called Cake Crumb. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Now, you said so much in there, and what we're going to do, we're going to begin to unpack some of that. So I'm just going to start on some of the highlights that I heard within that, and then we'll see where we end up. For those of you that this is your first time um, joining the show, this show is 100% organic. Uh, Delquan can tell you that I did not provide any questions for him. And the reason why I don't provide questions to my guests is because I feel like people are more receptive when it's uh, raw or real and it's not planned out. So this is an unscripted show. Um, I know somebody told me one week it sounded like I was reading from a script. It may have sounded like I was reading from a script, and maybe that was my nerves. But this show is unscripted because I believe that sometimes we need, we can get so caught up in a script that we miss moments, and I never want to miss Absolutely. moments in a show, especially when we're talking about transformation, all right? Now, you said something here. You were talking about your family 
and the uh, the um, mindset of your family. And, you know, this isn't to put anybody down. A lot of us come from those various th- uh, situations where, you know, we settle. You know, we never really right. step out to do anything beyond the norm. But you said something. You said that um, they looked at the resource as the source. Now, how did you stop looking at the resource as your source? How did you get to that place? Or is it something that just came easy to you or came natural to you where you just think, I'm just going to begin to trust God regardless of how my resources may limit it. I understand that he's my source. Well, to be honest, um, to answer that question, I'm going to have to go back to my early stages of life. Um, Okay. I learned how to trust God or to depend on him. And I didn't always know this at the time, but this is what I have discovered now. Um, When I was younger, um, can't remember the age, but I was walking and I was talking. I swallowed an artificial grape while at my Nana's house. Um, mm-hmm. Now, of course, I'm too, I was too young to remember all of this, so I'm going off of what she told me, um, stories that my Aunt Anne told me and what my mom told me. Um, okay, okay, so my background is we grew up in church, but getting back to me swallowing the artificial grape. When I swallowed the artificial okay. grape, uh, my grandmother began to panic. Um, after a while, I lost consciousness. Rescue squad and ambulance get there. There's nothing that they can do but take me to the hospital. I'm from a small town called South Boston. There was nothing that hospital back in the early 90s could do for me then. So they had to put me back in an ambulance to take me all the way to MCD, which I think now they changed the name to VCU Medical Center, which that is in Richmond, Virginia. Okay, so I'm there. By this time, I'm in a coma. They're telling my parents well, specifically my mother, um, just to call in the family, to tell them, you know, to be prepared because this doesn't look good. And if Delquan does survive, he is going to be in a vegetable state. Um, He won't be able to communicate. And there was a small percentage that if I did pull through, they would have to teach me how to walk and talk and all that other type of stuff then. But my grandmother told me, that when she heard me gasping and calling for help, not just calling for her to help, but I began to call on Jesus for help. Now, I'm a child. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm too young to remember all of this, but my family was a family that was brought up in the church, particularly the apostolic and the Pentecostal, you know, denomination. Um, So even then Mm -hmm. I knew the power of his name and how to trust God but I wasn't consciously aware of that. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but sometimes there are things that are within us that automatically mm-hmm. knows what to do, even when you don't mm-hmm. know what to do. So even from that right. child to now, there's been times that I have had absolutely nobody to trust in, absolutely mm-hmm. nobody to depend on, and all I had was that relationship with God that I developed as a young child. Um, Mm -hmm. And so even from that situation as a child growing up to a teenager, I believe I started, I believe I started working my first job when I was 16. And okay, I'm still in high school. I'm working part-time, making decent money, but it's part-time. 
and all that other type of stuff. And there were things that I wanted to do, but the money that I was making was still not enough to get done what I wanted to accomplish. And, and mm-hmm. so I went to um, a friend of mine um, who is now deceased. I went to him and I was beginning to explain to him my frustrations of how there were goals that I wanted to make before I finished high school and I didn't have the money to do it. And he said, well, you're the person that is always able to encourage others and cause their faith to spark. Now the faith that you've lent to others, you have to regain and use for yourself. And so I took Mm. those words. And I just applied it to myself. It's not, I wouldn't say that I never doubted God, but there were some things that I just wouldn't take to him. I was always the type of, well, okay. God made me. He knows my decision, so I don't have to tell him this is what I need because he already knows. Ignorance, foolishness, um, but that's how it was. And so as I began mm-hmm. to grow older, and all that other type of stuff, I still found myself in situations where the money that I made on my job is still not enough. Now, I'm tithing, I'm giving in sacrificial offerings and all of that stuff, but it still wasn't enough. And so I really had to get to the place where I stopped looking at the money that was being deposited into my Mm. bank account and say, you know what, God, I know what's in my bank account. I know what I make. But I'm depending on you, and I'm turning this really over to you because you created the world. You know what I need. All the riches are in your hand. Mm-hmm. Hello? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. I'm not sure if I really answered um, your question or not. Yeah, no, you answered the question. I thought you, when you paused, I thought I had lost you because I saw the switchboard doing a little something a little crazy. That's why I was like, huh? <laughs> yes, okay, that's great. I love what you said. Now I want to ask you a question right along those same lines because, you okay. know, if you talked about having the faith from a young from a young age and, you know, God performed, uh, you know, that was a miracle that he, he performed in your life at a young age. Now, I know many who had faith in God at a young age and, you know, they were on fire for God at a young age. And then something happened in their life. And when that, whatever it was that happened, it kind of deferred their faith or caused them, you know, some just completely just stopped believing uh, in the possibilities of God. And some people believe in the possibility of God for others, but don't believe in it for themselves. Now, I want to ask you a question. You talked okay. about your grandfather pass, passing away, and you said he was like your rock. You know, that, that was, right. you know, your father. That was the example that you had. He played a very instrumental uh, part in your life. Now, how did you handle that as it related to your faith in God in any other situation that kind of left you feeling you know, uh, from an emotional standpoint, longing for something or longing for someone that was once there in your life or someone that could fill that void in your life. How did you, basically, how did you not lose faith in God and all that you've gone through? Okay, so losing my grandfather, which, you know, these days I really don't put grand in front of it. He's just my father. Mm -hmm. Losing my father Mm -hmm. was very hard for me. Um, 
because this is the man that anytime I needed him, whether I was in Raleigh and, oh, well, I can, I'm going to be very transparent tonight. Um, don't know who's listening, but I'm just going to be very transparent. You know, I have nothing to hide. Um, prior yeah. to me losing my grandfather, maybe a year before, I was excommunicated out of a church. Um, now, this is mm-hmm. a church that I had served faithfully, all that other type of stuff. It was another apostolic church. I will not give the name or the pastor. Well, first of all, the church doesn't exist anymore, and the pastor has denounced God in ministry. But anyway, that's another story. Um, So I had got excommunicated out of that church. And while at that church, we were not necessarily allowed to have friends outside of that church um, unless Mm. they were members of that church or members of that leader's pastor. We could not communicate with them. At some point, I even had to stop communication with some of my family, which they tried to make that solid, um, but that never really happened. I just called my family when they wasn't around. Anyway, um, but there was a time that I had got excommunicated out of that church, um, and it was because there was something that was asked of me that I really did not believe that was of God or even appropriate. Um, and so mm-hmm. maybe like two days later, I was asked to leave, and I had a certain amount of time to get out of where I was because the house that I was living in belonged to someone at the church. Anyway, the only person that I had to call on, I could not call my mother. I could not call my biological father. The only person I could call was my grandfather and my nana. So this is not Mm -hmm. just a man that I look to as a father. This is a man who actually fathered me and was there for everything that I needed. Um, So fast forwarding year after me getting back to Virginia and just trying to regather myself because when I got kicked out of that church, I lost two jobs, I lost my house, and everything that made me feel stable within a moment of hours, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. everything wiped away from me. So now I'm back in Virginia, I don't have a job, I'm living in the country, and I'm a city boy, so I'm frustrated, and I'm going through all of this. I had to, I had a hard time readjusting myself, and I I don't remember who I was on the phone with, but I was in the car with my grandfather. We was going back to Virginia, and I was just talking to my friend on the phone about what had just happened, and my grandfather kept telling me, son, loose lips sink ships. Listen. Stop talking about it. I said, okay. Mm -hmm. So I get back to Virginia, finally got a stable um, situation, finally getting over the excommunication, all that other type of stuff. I think I got back, hmm, I think I ended up back in Virginia probably like in May or June. By December, my grandfather had to have a very simple outpatient procedure. It was nothing that was major, mm-hmm. nothing like that. You know, we still pray, believe God, whatever, whatever. In that procedure, something goes wrong. At this time, we're unaware of it. Uh, The doctors are unaware of it. Anyway, whatever happened, it was not noticeable. It was not noticeable until months later when he's not recovering and his health is spiraling. The Mm -hmm. very moment that his health began to spiral, I began to pray and ask God to heal my grandfather. Because I'm going, mm-hmm. I'm looking at a man who's been a very independent, very strong. Uh, could this man could absolutely do anything with his hands? I mean, he heavy-handed, he might break something, but whatever he breaks, he can fix. 
And I'm looking at this independent man go from being a caretaker mm-hmm. of everybody to now having to depend on people. And that crushed mm. my grandfather. And I'm still praying and believing God and months are going on and we're still praying and we believe in God. And, you know, he says he's okay, but I can see that he's in pain. Not only can I see that he's in pain, but I'm also watching him lose weight. Mm-hmm. And the doctor still can't understand what's going on. And I begin to go back in my mind about the times that I was in situations and God brought me out and I'm just reminding God of his words that God, your word says this, your word says that. I said, God, you brought me out of a coma that the doctor said I would not come out of. And what I didn't tell y'all earlier was, you know, instead of my mom calling everybody, and I know I feel like I'm backtracking, but this is just how my brain operates. And I feel like somebody needs to hear this. In my moment, in my mom's moment of, trying to accept what had happened to me and that what the doctors is saying. My mom, I believe she was watching TV and there was a number for um, a prayer center that was in Richmond back in the day. She called the number. She asked the lady to pray for her son. The lady asked for the information, my name, the hospital, all that other type of stuff. This lady not only prayed on the phone, she came to the hospital and she prayed for me and like Three or four days later, I woke up out of the coma. They never had to retrain me how to talk because I came out of coma talking. Um, they never mm. had to retrain me to walk or to any of that stuff because they, when they took me out of the hospital bed, I ran down the hallway naked and all this other type of stuff. So I knew what God mm. could do. And so I was right. believing God. And then one day I'm taking my grandfather out because I'm taking him back and forth to doctor's appointments and helping him run errands because he's so weak he can't drive himself. Um, And he began to say certain things to me. And I'm going to try to do this without crying because I just hear my voice quote. He began to say things Mm -hmm. like, now my middle name is Morgan, and that's because that's something that my grandfather began to really called me as his health declined because I was began to be his caretaker and all that other type of stuff. Um, so it was hilarious in a sense because of Morgan Freeman and driving Miss David. That's a whole other situation. But anyway, <laughs> he began to say that, he said, Morgan, we know what God can do. But even if he don't decide to do it, I'm good. And he said it maybe on three different occasions when it was just me and him. And I'm like, uh-uh, I'm binding the devil. No, you're not leaving right. me. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. But I think my grandfather had already made a decision. Mm-hmm. I feel like God gave him an option and, well, gave mm-hmm. him options. And one, his decision was to be done with it. The, the sickness in his body and the pain and all the other type of stuff. So he was ready to go, but I was not ready. What a lot of people do not know is the day before my grandfather um, had passed away, I was driving my grandfather's, uh, was it the truck? It wasn't a truck. I was driving my grandfather's van because my Nana had gotten off of work. They both worked at the same place for over 20 years and all this other type of stuff. So being that he's sick, of course, she doesn't drive, so I have to go get her. So I picked her up from work, and we're coming home, 
and we got pulled over because the passenger tail light was out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so I just got to replace the bill, whatever, whatever. But the officer, the first time he just ran my name, nothing came back. And now, by no means am I a criminal or anything like that. But he ran my social, and he was like, Mr. Johnson, do you know there's a warrant out for your arrest? I said, excuse me? He was like, yeah, there's a warrant out from your arrest for your arrest, and it was dated back to, like, 2008, 2009. He said, let me ask you a question. Have you ever lived in Richmond, Virginia? I said, yes. He said, what was the address? So I told him my old address, whatever. He was like, well, they sent out a warrant, and you failed excuse me, you failed to show up at court. So I have to call them to see what they want me to do. Now I'm panicking because my grandmother don't drive. I feel like I'm too cute. I'm too handsome to be in prison. Listen, I was raised in the project. My sisters have been in and out of jail, but that I did not want that to be my testimony. So here I am praying again. And I'm just going in in the car. My grandma sit beside me. He comes back and says, Mr. Johnson, I got to take you because they want to see you in Richmond to find out why you didn't show up. So that warrant was because I was working at Target, and some of my coworkers that was on the team, they was having their family members come up, and they would ring them up and then allow them to use their discount card on the same register that they was on. And somehow I got tied up in the mix, whatever, whatever. So I was supposed to go back to Mm -hmm. school for that. But at this time that they wanted the hearing for that, I was no longer living in Richmond. I was living in Waco, Texas. So I Mm -hmm. didn't show up for court because I wasn't aware that I had a warrant to show up for court. Anyway, so I am taken to Halifax County Jail. I'm being held there until Richmond City Police, or no, Henrico County Police can come pick me up. The very night, no, the very day that I was arrested for that unknown warrant, my grandfather dies that night. Wow. And for a while, I felt like it was my fault that he had died. I felt like that was mm-hmm. the last thing that he can take in. I'm the only grandchild that ain't been in, in and out of jail. I'm the only grandchild that he can trust with this and with that. And I'm not saying all the other grandkids was bad, but I was just that one go-to grandchild that everybody could depend on me for. And now, mind you, mm-hmm. I'm in jail. I'm praying like Paul and Silas. I, if, listen, I'm asking God to just Listen, you trying to get them doors back. open, ain't you? Listen, Listen, I had to get out of there. I, and I'm talking to the nurse and said, what do I got to do to make sure they keep me in a holding cell? Because I do not want to go out to the general population. She was like, oh, well, if, I don't, if you don't agree for me to give you this TB shot um, and all this other type of stuff, they're going to put you in a holding because they don't want to take a risk of someone else getting sh- uh, sick. I said, okay, good. But there was a lady on the inside of the prison. Now, I did not know this at, at the time, um, but years ago, before I came about, my grandfather and his first wife would mm-hmm. foster children. And the lady inside of okay. the prison who would not allow me to make, I never got to make my, one, that what is that, one free phone call? 
I never got mm-hmm. to make that phone call. And it was because she knew who I was, but I didn't know who she was. So mm. this whole time, she's not letting me call out because she already know who my grandfather was and they had bad blood because when her foster mama died and all this other type of stuff, he ended up meeting my grandma and they felt like they had something going on before their mom died. A bunch of crazy stuff that I had nothing to do with, nothing my grandmother had nothing to do with. Anyway, mm-hmm. and so I'm still sitting in the cell believing that I'm going to get out of here Believing that God's going to keep my, that was my only concern. My concern really wasn't for me. It was that I have to get back to my daddy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Still there in Halifax County. Richmond's supposed to came and got me the next day. Richmond did not come get me to two days after that. So they come get me, they wow. transport me to Richmond, Virginia. Richmond is about two hours and 30 minutes from South Boston, Virginia. So I finally get there. They allow me to make my phone call. And I'm calling getting choked up again, I finally get a hold Mm -hmm. to my Nana. And my Nana is my maternal grandmother, my mom's mom. And she didn't seem right. My aunt began to talk to me, talk to my mom. And that's when I found out that my Mm -hmm. grandfather died the same night that I had went to jail. I'm Mm. devastated. I'm in a room full of people that I don't know. And I'm not a crier. I don't show a lot of emotion um, unless I get mad. Mm -hmm. That's a whole different situation. But I begin to weep in front of people that I absolutely did not know. And then my mind now, I'm like, you're a man and you're sitting in prison. (laughs) This is one thing that these other men is not supposed to be able to see. They're not supposed to see that you're weak. Anyway, so now my faith it, it did not die. I did not begin to doubt God. Um, but now my faith. Now, hold, hold on, to, hold on, real quick. Hold on, real quick, because I want to make sure everybody's processing what you said because you're you're hitting us heavy with a lot of situations, and I, I'm going to let you finish unpacking it. But I just want to bring everybody back to this to to understand where we're going with this because there are some of you that are out there listening right now, and you face some crazy situations in your life. And in the midst of you facing those crazy situations, the way that you thought God was going to answer your prayers is not the way that he answered them. And because of that, you struggle now with the whole concept of if God even hears you, if something's wrong with you, did it happen because God was judging you? Is it my fault that it happened? You're struggling with all of those various different thoughts and ideas and all of those things that are attempting or that contradict, you know, what God really is saying to you. And he's talking about this very thing. He talked about being excommunicated from a church. Now he's talking about the loss of the rock that was in his family. So I want him to finish his story because we're talking about faith. We're talking about our faith in God. We're talking about, you know, focusing on who God is and what he has called and created us to do. We're talking about transformation. And he's going to finish his story so that we can understand how he held on to that faith and how he uh, caused that faith to produce even greater in his life. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, so after the, the that one meltdown, they allowed me to make another phone call. I called my mom. My mom begins to explain mm-hmm. to me 
um, that the very next day after um, my grandfather passed away, um, how her and my other cousin, Dawn, had had tried to come to the jail to speak to me, to let me know what had happened, um, because I don't, well, you know, that was my first time being in Halifax County Jail, but, excuse me, a part of their everyday routine is they get a newspaper just like anybody else every day. And they did not want me to open up a newspaper if I was in general population and see my grandfather's obituary in there without the family notifying me first. But that same woman who would not allow me to make a phone call was the same woman that told them that they absolutely could not see me. Not because I had misconduct or anything else. The lady just couldn't stand me, and she didn't want nobody to get to me, period. So I'm like, okay. Whoa. So now my faith has shifted from now, mind you, I've Richmond didn't come get me to two days later. I'm now in two or three days later. Now I'm in Richmond, and I have to go before the magistrate. I believe that's what they call it, because um, I'm not going in the actual courtroom. I'm going before a camera, and there's a judge on the other side. So the judge began mm-hmm. to tell me what was going what on, and I said, oh, well, um, Your Majesty, I was in Halifax County. And I was already, you know, da 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 And it was like, well, you know, even though you was not aware that you had to show up in court, there was a warrant for your arrest. And I believe for um, uh, not showing up or not, what is it? Uh, I forgot what they're called. Anyway, but the time that I was supposed to serve for not showing up to court was maybe five days. And I was like, well, if you consider the time that I've been in Halifax County and to where we are today, I've already done the five days that my grandfather has passed away. I'm trying to get back home to the burial because I need to help my grandmother. You know, my and then my grandfather's not just a regular man. My grandfather was a bishop in the Lord's church. And mm-hmm. a lot of people know him, so I want to make sure that he's put away right. Anyway, I did not end up getting out that day. The, rich, the Halifax County Jail was trying to call the Halifax County Jail to get the amount of time that I had served there. So they combined it with the time that in in uh, Henrico County, and for whatever reason, there was miscommunication. So I'm having to do more time in Henrico, like two more days, because the jail where I live was not trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. I get back home. And the whole time all of this is going on, I'm just still, like, I can't believe this happened to me, but I'm dependent and relying on the man who has always brought me out of so much, that has always kept my my faith strong. I'm just trusting God. I'm literally able to get out the day before my father's funeral. So I have to rely on a complete stranger, stranger that I did not know to get me back to South Boston, all of this other type of stuff. So my faith in God throughout that situation never wavered. It was more so like, okay, God, well, I pray for this, but obviously your answer was no. And I've always been the type that God always knows what's best, 
And now I might kick up against it because this is what I want. And my heavenly father is telling me, no, listen, I'm very, I'm the oldest of all of my siblings, but I'm very spoiled. I, as a child, I got everything that I wanted, whatever. So sometimes when I'm believing God for something and his response to me is no, I'll throw a tantrum. You may not know it. I'll have a fit, fall out, call myself mad with God, whatever. But at the end of the day, I gather myself because he has always known what is best for me. Um, so I'm going through that. I'm going through the funeral. We're going through the burial. Now I have to deal with the new norm because mm. I felt myself going through everyday life and I would come out of my room like, well, I got to make sure granddaddy has something to eat. So I would like go to the kitchen and get to the refrigerator and have to remind myself that he's not here. Mm. There would be times that I'll take grandma to work and I would come back to my grandparents' house and I would look in her room because that's what I normally did, look in the room to make sure that he was okay, and then there's nobody in the bed. Right. And it took, I don't know how long it took for me to get over his absence, but that whole time I felt like I was losing my mind. Now, mind you, I'm still in Mm -hmm. college. I have homework assignments that I need to turn in, and I'm not able to do it because I'm just devastated. And then in my mind, I'm rehearsing it, is even though I knew my grandfather, you know, was sick and the doctors couldn't find out what was going on, to this day, his death is a mystery to his physician. Just don't understand what happened, what went wrong. Don't get it. And I said, I'm sick of this because had I not been arrested, had I not gone to jail, he would still be here. And then mm-hmm. the Lord began to deal with me in the midst of my emotions, all that stuff. He said, I allowed you to be away because you could not handle his departure if you was physically there. Mm. You think you were losing it now because you were absent, but it would have been 10 times worse if you were at the house when he took his last breath. And I'm like, well, who are you to tell me what would have helped me or broken me? Now, I'm talking to the creator now, so kind of crazy. Right, I got Some you. people probably think I'm stupid, I but I that is just how, how I, I communicate with God. I let God know how I feel and how sometimes I think his will is not best for me when he's the one that created me. So I'm going through all of that. Mm-hmm. Now, in the midst of his death, me getting back home, all that other type of stuff, this is where my first business is birthed. Now, mind you, I told you that my grandfather was a bishop and all that other type of stuff. And even though he was a bishop, he didn't mind serving at my other, at my other cousin's church um, as his assistant pastor. So my grandfather was mm-hmm. a bishop, but he cared nothing about his title, so he served as assistant pastor or whatever. So I'm thinking when we get to the funeral home, because of who he is, that he just going to have all these flowers. Not so. He had a few flowers, but it was more so like flowers that my family um, had ordered and what came with his casket and stuff like that. And so in the black culture, 
I can only speak from what I come from. If you go to a funeral and there's no flowers, the first thing people are going to think is y'all broke and y'all ain't got no money. So mm-hmm. I always wanted to be a florist. So I went to the store. I grabbed some flowers. I went and got some easels. And that is how my first business was birthed. It was birthed because it was something that I always wanted to do, but I was scared to do. But something traumatic had to happen in order for me to step out on it. So I began creating flowers because my grandfather's funeral is the next day he has no flowers. So that is how Creative Concepts was birthed. So basically you're saying that in your one of your greatest moments of weakness, you you gained a strength that you never experienced before. Yes. Now I am a man, because it took that strength young, to step out. It takes straight strength, but to be honest with you, I did not re- recognize how much strength I had. Mm-hmm. Until actually, I stepped out and did what I had to do. I did not know my own and strength. I really didn't. What you just said, you said that you didn't know your strength until you stepped out. Right. And that's what that's that's one of the concepts I want us all to grab as far as it relates to faith. I just talked about this last night at Bible study. Is that sometimes we believe that faith is the strength to step out and produce, but we don't realize that sometimes faith is only evident when we step out and then boom, God steps in and then it produces. So that's good. I, I like agree what you that. said there. I like I like what you just said right there. That 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 right there. It, so it basically, you know, you had to lose the part of you that gave you security, gave you comfort, because we talk about comfort zone a lot on the show. You had to come out of your comfort zone in order to begin to produce, you know, this dimension of faith that, you know, now you're walking in, in the midst of your life. Yes. So yeah, we talk but about even that, business. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. But even with that, now I still have faith, but to be honest mm-hmm. with you, that, that was nothing. The next test for mm-hmm. my faith was because prior to my grandfather passing away, I was already having like prayer meetings and stuff like that. It was something the Lord told me to do. I never thought it would birth into a church. I was just, now I've See, always what... been sensitive to the voice of God, but mm-hmm. it was when I discovered my purpose in God and my assignment to mm-hmm. the local church. Because remember I told you, the last thing I wanted to be was a pastor or in ministry. I'll do what they God tell me to now, do. Now, I want you to hold off really... real quick. I want you to hold off. Okay. I want you to hold off real quick because we're, we're getting close to the time where we're going to end the show. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to do my announcements. Then we're going to okay. go back in. I'm going to let you minister to, to the people that are out there that are in this state. And then once we go off the air, even though we're not live anymore, I'm going to let you continue to share the ministry part of it for about 10, 15 minutes. And that'll be on the replay because I want people to hear the ministry side of it too because you talked about what produced the faith in order for you um, to step out or the step that produced the faith Uh, from the business side of things, but I want you to talk about the ministry side of things too, but I don't want to have to stop you because we're almost out of time. 
Y'all listen, I pray okay. you're being blessed right now. As I said, I, I this right here, and I, I tell anybody, it is one thing to talk faith. It is one thing to talk faith. But as the Migos said, they're the modern day Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to me. They say walk it like you talk it. And one of the things that is a reality, faith only exercise in words isn't real faith. And I want people uh, and to connect with people and for other people to connect with people who aren't just talking this thing, but they're actually walking this thing out and they're setting great examples for other people. So let's hit these announcements Then we're going to get back to our guests. All right. Now, listen, I have come up with a great opportunity for those who are out there impacting the world. For those who have been transforming transformers. Now, a transforming transformer is a person who has experienced transformation in their life, and now they are out there helping others experience transformation in their lives. So if you're listening to me and you know a mentor, you know a pastor, you know an influencer, you know anybody that has impacted your life as it relates to your personal journey and your personal transformation, I want you to nominate them. We're going to honor one transforming transformer on each show, each show every month. So I want you to nominate somebody. As I said, they can be a teacher, a pastor, whatever, whatever they are to you, and they made an imprint on your life. I want you to nominate them. And you can nominate them by emailing us at admin at the transformation center dot life. And center is spelled C-E-N-T-R-E. In the subject line, put transforming transformer, and in the body, put what it is that makes them such a transforming transformer, okay? Listen, this is one way to show appreciation to those who are making an impact in your life, an imprint in your life, those that are out there that are changing the game, that are changing the world. As crazy as everything that is going on now, there are some people out here that are, are really changing the world. All right, number two premiering on September the 16th, y'all, that is a Monday night, and airing the third Monday night of every night, same time, though, 9 p.m., we are bringing Transformation Radio 2.0. That's right, Transformation Radio 2.0. In this version of Transformation Radio, we are going to tackle the tough conversations, the uncomfortable conversations about religion about sex, sexuality, other things, the conversations that sometimes make people cringe, even though they may have those questions, is something they want to talk about, but nobody seems to want to talk about it. That's what we're going to do on those Monday nights, Transformation Radio 2.0. My first guest will be Samuel Bellston, uh, Bell Spears, I'm sorry, Samuel Bell Spears, he's from the D.C. area. He is one of the greatest thought provokers of our time. I want you to tune in, and I'm telling you, get ready for a crazy ride and a crazy journey that we are about to take with Transformation Radio 2.0. I'm excited about it, but I don't want you to lose excitement about Transformation Radio because we're still going to be airing that the fourth Friday of every month. Our next show will be September the 27th, 9 p.m. My guest will be Pastor Clarence Hayes. He is out of Philadelphia. He's, Philadelphia. He's an awesome pastor, doing a great work out there in Philadelphia. So I want you to tune in. We're going to be talking about a lot of things on that night, okay? Now, as I said, I'm going to allow 
our guest to continue with his story. So I want to close myself out um, with you guys. I want to thank you again for joining us on tonight. I pray that something has been said that blesses you, that impacts your life, that helps you along your journey. And as I always say, remember to create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, guys, execute your vision. Now, uh, Del Quan, I'm going to turn it back into your hands. As I said, before you get talking about the ministry side of things, I want you to Mm -hmm. take time out and talk to the people that are out there that are going through various situations, and it seems as if, you know, their faith now, I don't want to say they're losing faith, but they've redirected their faith in other places or in other people, and they're out there, and they're like, I know there has to be more to life than this, and can I ever bounce back from this? Uh, I want you to take the time to minister to them. You can pray for them if you want to. Whatever way the Lord leads you, I'm going to turn that into your hands. Again, then we're going to go off the air, and I want you to share about the your, the uh, faith that birthed the ministry that you have. All right? Okay. What I want to say to those who are finding it um, challenging, if you may or if you will, um, to – trust God and those who are struggling with getting back into a position to trust God again or to try God again, because some of us has just given up on God, period. Um, I want to tell you that you can recover, but not only that, I want you to know that you will recover. Um, the hard places in my life where some would say I lost faith or begin not to trust God is not necessarily that I stopped trusting God, but I redirected my faith from my faith actually being in God to my faith going to the people that I'm connected to or that I'm surrounded by. When I look back over uh, my life in different situations that I've gone through, the moment that I doubted God the most, was actually the moment that I stopped looking at God for direction and began to trust my own decisions and the decisions or the thoughts of those who were surrounded by me. So the first thing that I want to say to those who are questioning your faith is actually do some soul searching, look within, and see if you're doubting God, the creator, or are you doubting the decisions that you made within yourself, those decisions that you made when you were emotional and when you weren't trying to hear from God. So instead of you turning to God, you turn to your friends and your loved ones. I want you to really search within yourself to discover that. And once you discover where your trust and your faith actually was, I want you to hit the refresh button and do the process, I wouldn't say do it over again, but just take another step and do it differently than with how you've done it in times past. Really begin to go to God and tell God how you feel about the situation. Don't don't go to him like the regular church does. Um, I, I don't belong to the church. What, what we consider as the church, I don't belong to that. I'm kingdom. Um, so the institutional church would tell you don't question God, don't doubt God, whatever. I'm telling you, to express to God how you really feel, to own how you feel, and then trust the creator so much that you say, okay, God, that even though I thought I did this before, I didn't do it, what I thought it was going to do, I'm going to give this a second chance. 
And in doing that within searching yourself, I believe as it has worked for me that it will work for you. You'll find your trust. You'll rediscover your hope. You will uh, realign your thought patterns. You will allow your emotions to become a little bit more stabilized and all that other type of stuff. And then not only that, but I feel led to deal with those who are builders. And what I want to say to the builders are, is, well, is this. Sometimes we look for a blueprint to do what we feel like we're supposed to be doing, and we get frustrated because we don't see the blueprint. We don't see the person. We don't see the example. But what if I told you that you were the blueprint? What if I told you that what you're building what God has placed in you to do has not been done before. Therefore, your searching for a blueprint is really nothing but you causing to waste time, and it's really it boils down to you really not trusting the the dream and the uh, ambition that God has given you. What you're looking for lies within. It is not. On the outside, it's not something that you can look at and say, well, I can duplicate this. No, you are the blueprint. And sometimes as builders, we get frustrated because we're looking for an example when the only example that's in the earth is us. Oftentimes, what we're building as builders, as seers, um, and I'm going to have to take it to the church for a moment, as apostolic leaders, it has not been done before. So now that requires you to lean and to trust on God more, which all that is going to do is build your faith and give you um, strength and encouragement to stay the course because sometimes what we refuse to build because what we don't see around us causes the people behind us to never come into destiny, to never come into purpose because we are afraid to do it. Um, so, yeah, I just want the, the builders to be encouraged, and I just want you to do something that I have always heard um, Pastor LeBriant friend and Pastor, uh, well, his wife, I've always heard them say, do it scared. Not scared in the sense that I got to do this and um I'm afraid of what I'm going to lose. No. Be comfortable in the decision to do what God has called you to do, even though you don't see it working. Just do it because you heard him do it. So that's, that's what I want to give to the builders. Um, and when you actually step out and do that, I might get in trouble with you, Cliff, because if I say this last part, it's going to go somewhere else that you're not trying to have it go to right now. But if you do this and you really step out and do what's on your heart and within your mind to do, hello? Yeah. I didn't know if you were still there or not because okay. I didn't get a response. Yeah, I'm still here. If, I'm, if, no, I'm, okay. li- I'm listening. You said I'm, you go. Uh, it's going to get me in trouble that you told me to go 
with what I feel like going. Yeah, when go. you actually step out and do what's in your heart to do, or what you feel like God has given you to do, the moment that you step out, because I'm gonna be honest, I would have, I would, I would be, I would hesitate to do what I felt like I was supposed to do because I was scared that, okay, if I say God told me to do this and I step out here and this don't work, then I'm going to look stupid and I'm going to shame God. And I will always wait for the instructions, but no further instructions ever came until I applied what God had already said, which was to step out. Mm -hmm. The moment that I stepped Mm -hmm. out is the moment that more instructions came. So for the builders to the visionaries who uh, want to build, but then I want God to confirm this and I, that confirmation may not come until you step out and do those steps one through five that he gave you five years ago. Right. So your disobedience, your unwillingness to step out, that fear, all of that would not just hinder your process, but it would hinder the process and the moments of uh, discovery for the other people who are connected and who are drawn to what you are purposed to build. So I just want to share that with the people. Um, And like I said, once you actually step out and do that, then you'll get further instructions, and further down the road, you'll begin to see the fruits of your labor. Amen. I mean, I totally agree. I don't know where you thought it was going to go that I didn't want it to go. I told you when we first came on the story first. Flow. I mean, we'll get you back on to finish your story. I mean, that's that's why I was telling you I want this thing to be organic. That is the one thing about this show. Those of you who may listen, may listen as I say, you're going to hear some hiccups. You're going to hear those things. You're going to hear some background noise sometimes. I'm not worried about the, the uh, perfection of the production of everything. My main thing is I want you to hear the content in the context of the message or the context of the interview because that's what you need. It ain't, you don't need it to be pretty. You don't need it to fit all together because the reality is that's not how life goes. That's not how purpose goes. That's not how ministry goes. That's not how business goes. It does not go A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It don't go like that. Sometimes it goes A, F, K, R, back to A, B, G. That's just how it is sometimes. And you have to become flexible in your journey to understand, even though I may have had a plan for my life by the time I got to 20, maybe, just maybe, that's not what the creator desired to take place. Absolutely. And even if you're 30 or 40 or 50 or 60, it is never too late. As long as there's breath in your body, purpose remains. So, I no, I wanted you to go. I wanted you to go wherever God was directing and leading you because I know that sometimes a lot of the people I deal with, you know, have uh, their faith has been directed in other places because they, of a circumstance or situation that happened to them. And we didn't get to talk much about this. And as I said, we'll get you back on. I really wanted to talk about church hurt as well, too, because uh, a lot of people that dealt with church hurt, it's caused them to take that faith they once had in God. And isn't that amazing right. how we will be hurt in church, but it will affect our faith in God. And I, I wanted to hit that. And like I said, we'll get you back. 
We're going to talk about that. We're going to dissect all of that because I know there's people that are out there that have been hurting the church. And I know that there are some people that say, and I'm not one that beats the church up because I still right. believe in God's church. I still believe in the kingdom of God. I still believe that there are people that are out there that are doing it the way that the creator called them to do it. It's not a fashion show. It's not a click. It's not any of those things. That there are people who value uh, individuals' hearts, you know, and they, mm-hmm. they don't take advantage of exactly what they're going on, that what they have going on. Now, we know there's the extreme as well, but there are some people, right. no matter what you say to them, they're always going to be offended. You can say hello. Yeah. Well, what did you say hello like that for? Now, I'm not talking about that extremity, but I'm talking about those who were genuinely hurt in church. And I want to oh, like bring like you back me. on so we can... <laughs> That's why I was saying that I want to bring you back on so that you can share. Now, you don't have to go, you know, anyway, uh, so you can share your journey there and how even though you experience hurt in church, you're still building ministry, you know, and even if you're building it at times, you know, you know, we've talked about this at times, how sometimes there's still some things that get in the back of your mind that are reminders of some of the experiences you've had in church and you don't want to have oh, yeah. those experiences again. You know, I want you to come and unpack all of that because that, like I said, there's people that are out there, uh, but the next time y'all just feel free to flow that that's, I want to provide a platform for those that I know have a message inside of them. And like I said, transformation 2.0, we're going to have people that are not, they don't have the same faith that we have. Well, why right. would you even sit down with somebody that doesn't have the same faith as you? Because I believe that there is something that we all can learn from each other. And the problem is that sometimes we're not – a platform isn't provided for those who are carrying strategies and solutions for what it is that we need. So right. yeah, I encourage you, if you want to pray, if you want, we're ready to close out. I want you to give people your contact information so they can reach you about your business, they can reach you about your ministry. They can follow you on your social media platforms. Uh, if you're out there, you're looking, uh, you're having a prophetic conference or whatever conference you're having, and you need somebody that can teach the unadulterated word of God, but also break it down and make it relevant for today. I encourage you to book this man of God. He lives what he preaches. You know, so doesn't mean he's perfect. You know, nobody's perfect but me. But um, no, as I was saying, a... <laughs> huh? y'all I know Ain't I'm nobody not perfect. perfect. I know I'm not. <laughs> Clearly, me pushing uh, speaker instead of mute earlier on the intro tells that I'm definitely not perfect. But um, y'all got guys booking, connect with him, see what's going on with his ministry, and see if it's anything that you can sow into his ministry, and not just financially, although. Finances are great, but see if it's something that you may have a skill, a talent, or ability. Listen, I'm on this whole new trip right now, and then I'm going to turn it back into you. Every opportunity I get, I'm going to see if the person that God has designed to underwrite the vision that's in my life, whether it's business, whether it's ministry, whether it's some personal ventures that I want to take, I'm going to find out, okay, are you in the room tonight? Are you listening to this broadcast right now? If God is dealing with you concerning, you know, uh, underwriting 
an extension of the ministry, a part of the ministry, underwriting the next phase of the ministry, you need to reach out to me, area code 302-648-5544. I'm just at that season now where I believe that I, well, I refuse to miss a moment. Yes. I refuse to miss a moment. So, listen, it's back in your hands. Pray, prophesy, do whatever it is you've got to do. Give the people your information, and then we're going to close this thing out. Okay. Well, if for whatever reasons you need to contact me, whether it's for business or ministry, I'm on Instagram as uh, Apostolic Reformer. Um, my business yes. page is Creative Concept, the letter D as in David, A as in Apple, that is all one word. So Creative Concept, D-A. Um, you can also follow the ministry on Instagram um, at the remnant W as in Willie C as in cat. So it is the remnant WC. I'm on Facebook as Delquan Antonio M Johnson. And I believe the ministry's Facebook page is the remnant worship center. Um, So that's how you can contact me. I will not give out my phone number. um, And I don't remember my Google number, but if you need to contact me for anything, you can find me on social media. Um, I do want to close with prayer, um, but Mm -hmm. I also want to say this to you, um, to the builder, to the visionary, to the man who is looking to expand. And I've had this conversation with you um, earlier I guess I was supposed to hold it. Oh, you're talking it, directly to me. To, yes, to you. Um, oh, hold on. Let me. I guess I was. It ain't nothing deep. Well, I, I got my hands lifted. Uh, so we giving them black church right now? Okay. So I wanted yeah. to talk to you. I wanted um, mm-hmm. to encourage you and to remind you that it is not too late. For you, I wouldn't say start again because what you've already done, it's almost like a house. The foundation has already been laid. The walls have already been up. We've already been living in the house for 10 years, but then we decide that we want to add on to the house. I feel like that is what Mm -hmm. God is doing in your life, in your ministry right now. So don't Mm -hmm. look at it as you having to start again. Just look at this as you adding on to what has already been built. So I want you to be encouraged, Um, and I shared this with you earlier, um, looking back at my life and some things God has dealing with and and feeling like that applied to you as well. Sometimes the people that we have poured into the most, the people that we have helped out the most, the people we have always been there for, they are not able to help us build because they're too familiar. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we're walking uh, on the verge of a moment in time where the seeds that we have sown, those good seeds now, you know, is it, mm-hmm, reaping time mm-hmm, for us. Mm-hmm. We're, we are on the verge of contacting those people who are going to assist us with building. Now, let me see what you're doing so yes. I can knock that wall down and stop you from doing something. You are about to meet people who are going to pick up hammer and nails, people who are going to get the concrete and the water and help you lay the foundation to add on to what you've already built. It is not going to come from people that you that. expect. 
it's not going to come to people that look like us or talk like us. As you already said tonight, it ain't even about what we believe in, but God is sending you people with purpose and who have levels of influence, not just influence in church, but uh, influence in the marketplace, influence in the bank, even influence with lawyers. I see God connecting you with people who are going to help you add on to what you've already built. Again, I, Mm. I had to do with this. Just last week, uh, I don't know if we're still recording or whatever, but I'll say this much. Yes. Um, when I finally did start the church, because we never got to that, but we'll get to it. When I finally did start the church, I start bringing in a speaker um, who I considered as a brother of mine. Well, as time went on, I started noticing that every time I brought him in to preach, he would not preach, but he would prophesy. Now, I have a problem with people who are quick to prophesy, but don't want to preach or teach right. the word. You are not a prophet. You're not a prophet. You're a manipulator. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But that person that I was bringing in that I trusted so much got upset with me one day because I would not turn my church over to him for him to pastor. So what he did was he ended up praying on one of the weakest families in my church. And this person did not live in Virginia at all, but he prayed on some of my uh, members that God had sent to me, and he ended up starting his own work. Now, it was at that moment that my faith began to question God. Mm-hmm. And so he went on, built the ministry. Some more people from my church left, all this other type of stuff. To this day, they're over there with him, and I'm just looking real dumb because I didn't invite this man into town, and he didn't create a whole lot of chaos. But the Lord said to me, if they left that easy with manipulation and because they had itchy ears, they were never builders. Right. So I want to say to you that those who know you, those who you are labored with, those that you have poured into, um, who left you so quickly when you begin to do things that was not pleasing to them, when you begin to say things that they necessarily did not believe in or whatever, I want you to know that those people were not qualified builders. If anything, mm-hmm. those were people that were standing in the way from you being able to build. Um, so I just want you to be encouraged. I want you to know that the people are coming, the resources are coming. Um, I don't know exactly what I am. I don't know when this is going to happen, but I see a door of employment opening up. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, those things that you have before God, he is concerned about. I do want you to know that Clifton Maurice Pettyjohn is on the mind of God. So be encouraged, continue to build, continue to open up doors for other people. But most of all, men of God, be reminded of this. The people who are coming do not look like us. Right. I know that to be true. That's and I know this is not a church right thing. I know that to be true. I know this is not a church thing. But what you are building, it is necessary for other people. And this is the ministry mm-hmm. side, but this is also business side. This is mainly geared mm-hmm. towards your business, you coaching, you transforming lives, and you traveling to do events and stuff like that. God is concerned about that. He's blowing on it, and it will happen. 
you just be reminded. It's not coming the way that you thought it's going to come, and it's not coming from the people that you thought it was going to come from. So that's all I have, and I'm going to pray. All right, we got about a minute. Thank you. Okay, Father, we thank you for all that has been said. We thank you um, for Dr. Pettyjohn. We thank you for what you're going to do. We give you praise and we honor. Father, those who are questioning their faith, God, who are wavering in faith, even, God, those who are trying to rebuild their place, we pray mercy and grace upon them. In Jesus' name, we thank you for all these things. Amen. That's all I have. Dr. Amen. Pettyjohn. Again, we, we thank Prophet for joining us on tonight. It was a great broadcast. We will be bringing him back because, like I said, I really want to hit those areas. Uh, Be encouraged, everyone. Continue to create great days. Continue to walk uh, in purpose and continue to execute your vision. Be blessed. So I know you've heard me talk a lot about working with people in entertainment, and perhaps you don't necessarily work in entertainment. And if you do, you may not need a full overhaul at the moment. However, you may be facing a challenge or working on a project that you could use objective perspective or expertise on. Um, This is why I offer consulting. Here are the areas I can help you in. Branding, marketing, creative strategy, spiritual development, identity strategy, style and image, content strategy, entrepreneurship. I would love to work with you to navigate your challenge or to enhance your project. If you want to book a one-time session or inquire about a short-term consulting relationship, you can do both by visiting YourSupernormal.com. Let's get it.